Yo, yo, welcome back to another episode of Knowledge Under Influence. I'm your host, Martez. You can follow me on Instagram at Martez underscore for show. Man, today, today's a real good day. Today's a great day. Actually, I got Autumn and Daniel of Detroit doing the building. What's up? What's going on? Hey, What's going on? Going? Man, hey, look, y'all got a lot of stuff going on right now, man. What, uh, what y'all most excited about right now, like? that y'all got going on yeah honestly just growing the business so um we just expanded to seven mjr theaters which is super exciting so i mean honestly at this point it's about expanding more see how seeing how we could use mjr as leverage to get more accounts more clients and just keep it pushing so we're excited so so what how did detroit dough come about like what influenced y'all to get into detroit dough like where did it all start yeah so um was really inspired by Doe in New York City, which is a edible cookie dough um, brick and mortar shop. Mm-hmm. And it's like always busy, lines around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, edible cookie dough, that's such a cool idea. I, I love cookies. I'm mm-hmm. like a cookie connoisseur. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was just intrigued by the, you know, possibility of having cookie dough that you could eat. So I told Daniel, I was like, hey, you know, I've heard of this, you know, crazy company in New York. Um, really was intrigued by it. Uh, but the, the thing for me was I didn't want to pursue it. I was mm-hmm. just like, you know, I don't know if it's going to work in Detroit. I don't know if it's actually going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, maybe like a few weeks, a month later, Daniel was like, I think we should do it. I was like, yeah, right. When, when was this? Like when, when did it all, when did it all start? May. Yeah. I think it was around May. Yeah. May is when you kind of came back to me. And yeah. We, yeah. May of what? Of two, uh, 2017. Oh, I'm yeah. about to say, God, yeah, you just said May. I'm like, yeah. this is May. That's scary. Y'all just started and it's thriving like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So about two years ago now. Two years ago. So what I want to know is, because it's crazy to me, so is, is Daniel Autumn and then Victoria, who knew who first? Like, how how did this all start? Because this is like a, it's kind of confusing because I was wondering like, okay, I don't know if, if you and your sister, I, it's confusing. So who knew who first? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Daniel and I met at an internship. We used to intern at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Started dating a while back. Um, ended up going off to school, back to school, and just didn't work. But we ended up reconnecting when I moved back home mm-hmm. to Detroit. And then, um, obviously, we're dating still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Victoria is his sister. So it's like a family affair kind of um yeah, that's kind of how we all met. Yeah, so who, okay, so so my thing is this, and I was thinking, I'm like, damn, you know what? Well, they 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 got this company together. It's like, how do y'all, like, what if it don't work out? Then who takes like part of the company? I mean, I know you want to think like logically. Yeah, but, like, yeah, what if no, the shit... I mean, we have we have this conversation all the time, mm-hmm. um, just because again, a lot is on the line, and mm-hmm. we're, you know, the biggest thing about our our business is it's contingent upon how our relationships are all together even right. you know with his sister right so um we do have like documents set in place so god forbid if anything happens of course we all know who owns which parts and right. then you know if someone decides to leave uh we have documentation and like you know a process for that as well so yeah, yeah, yeah. um we're pretty well covered from the legal side mm-hmm. i mean but but the whole thing is to stay together because again this is like our our future our livelihood yeah. so yeah well i know you said uh the the new york the company in new york kind of inspired it all like what why didn't that deter you from wanting to do it knowing that like it was already a company that already did you know so so you're saying like why did we still pursue it yeah even though you know it was a company well known yeah yeah i I think to be honest with you the main reason was because it's not in detroit man we were Mm -hmm. the first in detroit Mm -hmm. and you know when you look at what's being done right now across uh the region we really started something we really started something in detroit and in in the state where people really wasn't thinking about edible cookie dough the way they think about it now because detroit just isn't like other major cities across america where you can go into the downtown district and see five or six different companies that are providing unique dessert options. Right. So at the time, we said, hey, we'd be the first to do it. Um, and, and thus far, it's been a thrill and a ride, but we had pivoted. You know, the mm-hmm. honest truth is we first started off wanting to be a brick-and-mortar shop. Mm-hmm. And we thought that that would be something that would be a safe space for the neighborhood in which I grew up in, me and my sister, Northwest Goldberg. And we thought that, you know, it would be a cool place that people our age would like to visit right. and frequent. But 
as we kind of continued on our journey, it just really made more sense to, again, be the first of something else. And mm-hmm. that was being, you know, the first edible cookie dough manufacturer to provide edible cookie dough in the entertainment realm. You know, yeah. so when you think about movie theaters, when you think about amusement parks, when you think about sporting um, events and stadiums, mm-hmm. we were the first to ever put our cookie dough Damn. in a movie theater. For real? Know, right out yeah. of here from Detroit. Yeah. So that's big, man. So. Hell yeah, that's big. Eh? Y'all black? Hell yeah, that's big. <laughs> That's crazy. I I was just thinking about that because a lot of people they they oftentimes get, you know, what I'm saying deter from doing what they want to do because somebody else is doing it. Somebody else is offering the same product. You know, if it's you know if somebody's doing clothing lines in Detroit, like a lot of people, are like man, why people gonna buy my stuff, man? What makes mine so different? So I always wonder, like you know, when you got an idea like that, and you have a competitor, even though they're in New York, it's like shit. Like you said, you brought it to Detroit because I didn't know shit about like. I didn't even know about the place in New York. So if somebody asks me, I'm going to be like, yeah, Detroit Doe was the first place person I knew that was doing it because I don't know nobody else. I don't yeah. know nobody doing that, you know, selling cookie dough. Yeah, and I mean, we talk about it all the time. There's no new ideas at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you could think you're creating something completely new. Somebody has done it before. Right. Um. So I think, you know, anybody who's trying to start a business, just take, you know, real solace in that knowing that you know i'm not going to be the first person to do it but i'm going to be the first person to do it this way and target you know these type of customers so um you know i feel like there's room at the table for everyone everybody can eat you know even if it's the same idea across the the table right Um, yeah for sure that yeah so that's crazy i don't know i mean even like me want to do a podcast like i was just thinking like dog i'm gonna do a podcast what i'm gonna do a podcast for like people got podcasts but they're more well known but i'm like you got to put in the time you got to put in the time and eventually you will get there like shit you know what i'm saying it i've heard uh what's the guy name um eric thomas he he's real he's a real good speaker he's like it took it took you 21 years to become 21 you couldn't become 21 years old and you know 18 years so it's like everybody got to put in the time to get to where they want to go like it's just not gonna happen overnight so and that's where i'm like okay you gotta be consistent actually do the shit then the shit actually um flourish and actually you know make sense for you um autumn you quit your six-figure job like that's insane (laughs) like what like what was going through your mind to be like yeah i'm gonna quit my six-figure job to 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 do my cookie dough you know what i'm saying 100 percent. right yeah so uh i worked at accenture which mm-hmm. is a technology firm um so i started off right out of college so i got my bachelor's and my mba at hampton mm-hmm. decided okay i'm gonna go into consulting really great job had the job offer at in october and i graduated in may so i was set damn hell yeah. yeah so i was set i you know i came home I went on my first role, which was in Finley, Ohio, mm-hmm. which is the middle of nowhere. And I was like, I don't know. You know, and it's like you hear all the time, like money doesn't buy you happiness. Money right. isn't everything. And I was like, yeah, right. You yeah. know, I got a job out of college. I'm making six figures. Like, no way I'm going to be, you know, unhappy. And yeah. I think, you know, it hit me like a ton of bricks that it was just not exactly where I wanted to be. Yeah. So for my first role, um, you know, I had been there for two and a half years and I knew I wanted to make the switch to do something that I wanted to do, but mm-hmm. didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when Detroit Doe offered me this opportunity, we were doing well. But I think, you know, more than anything, we saw that without our three people mm-hmm. full time on the business, we can't get as far as we right. could go. Right. Um, it was just like, OK, you know you don't necessarily like this job and you have this opportunity to do something great with Detroit Doe. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you take the risk? Yeah. And again, like I definitely feel like it's been a good decision for me. It's been yeah. a month now and I'm, I'm still okay with money. I ha- I don't miss it just quite yet. Um, yeah. I don't know. Ask me in six months. Maybe yeah. I will, <laughs> but uh, it's been great. It's been great so far. That's scary to quit a like stable ass six yeah. figure job. Like yeah. that's scary. Yeah, and I was, like, traveling every week, too. So, you know, I would get free hotel points, free cars. And it's like, you know, you're giving up all of those amenities. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's something that you want to do. Yeah. What about you, Dane? Did you have, like, a full-time job or something before you actually – went on board 100 yeah yeah i was i was in corporate um i was kind of bouncing around again mm-hmm. unsettled not really enjoying the 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 job per se mm-hmm. and you know entrepreneurship has always been something that i strive to actually jump two feet into you know right, to be yeah. honest i mean i was kind of born and raised to be an entrepreneur so for me it was a little bit less tragic of a situation yeah. as, as optic wise yeah. as autumn in terms of you know walking away from a six-figure job but it was still something that like i gladly embraced and, mm-hmm. and you know it's been 
a journey ever since. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know if I could give up a six-figure job, but then when you're passionate about something, you love something that much, shit, you, you damn near got to put all your eggs in one basket and you don't want to have like a, a backup plan per se because it's going to distract from your, you know what I'm saying, your regular plan. Like you're going to be, you're you're planning on your business to fail, so it's like you don't even put your all into it because you don't know what's going to come of it. you just like, shit, it might fail, it might not. Yeah. But if you give it, I think if you give it your all and you plan for it to do well, I think it manifests not it does what it's supposed to do, in my opinion, at least. No, my I just want to put it out there, you know, for anybody who listen. You know, I'm, we're not encouraging everybody to quit their job and start something. You know what I mean? This is a decision that Autumn was able to come to based off a proven track record at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we had just came off of a first full year of sales, um, reaching one hundred ten thousand dollars in revenue. You know, we're talking about um, a year of hard work that she saw her other two business car- business partners, including me, really busting the suds as they say to make this mm-hmm. business successful and she knew the value and we all knew the value that she'd bring to the table so mm-hmm. I just want to make that very clear because I know now there's this kind of whole movement and you know not to yeah. derail this conversation but there's this whole movement that you know everybody can be an entrepreneur and everybody should quit their job no the hell you shouldn't right, you know what I mean yeah. stay right where you at until you've really put in the time energy and effort to figure out if entrepreneurship is right for you and that includes the execution of an idea that includes mm-hmm. the execution of a brand I mean I'm gonna be honest with you I'm, I'm the chief marketing officer um, outside of being a co-founder I tell you all the time you know I look at 105 brands and from, you know, small people or people like myself who are just entrepreneurs, fledging entrepreneurs, and I kid you not, 105 of them suck. And really? that's not my cockiness or arrogance. That's just literally me telling you that when you look at a brand, you have to think past who you are and where you are in mm-hmm. life, right? You got to think about can this product or can this brand transcend generations? Can this transcend, you know, cultural barriers? Can this transcend um, race mm-hmm. and, and sex and all those other things? And a lot of people don't really – give the thought that they need to and put the energy and money into building a brand that really can do that, yeah. uh, can self-sustain itself. Or if, you know, you weren't behind it, right? Like mm-hmm. if that energy of my name is Martez or my name is Daniel or my name is Autumn isn't behind it, will people still support you? Mm-hmm. You know, those are things that you have to think about. You know, I tell people all the time, strip away who you are, put your brand on the table or put what your product on the table. And if it can speak for itself and if people are impressed by it, you're doing something right. Okay. If it doesn't do that and you got to say, well, my name is X, Y, and Z to get somebody to be interested, you're, you're missing the boat. You need to go back to the drawing board. So um, that's just kind of where we are and more importantly where I'm at and my ascension as a chief marketing officer and as mm-hmm. a, you know, full-fledged entrepreneur is just really assessing our brand all the time and assessing other people's brand and uh, going from there. So so you, so you the CMO, so what, 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 do you, what is your primary duty? I mean, obviously marketing, but, like, what do you do on a daily basis? And that's a good question, everything. Mm-hmm. So today, you know, I mean, we I hopped in the truck as early as – eight o'clock um yeah. to drive you know 50 minutes one way to to deliver um an order to one of our clients mm-hmm. out there in utica um to bless you to <laughs> making phone calls throughout the day sales calls um to really trying to improve our packaging so right now kind of something we're dealing with that we're uh, trying to get a solution to is we need a tamper-proof seal for this product yeah. you know it, it no longer serves us to um not have that technology if you want to call it or that protection for our product so uh, we've been calling around on that and really trying to figure out kind of who i can go and get that sourced Mm -hmm. and make sure that we're prepared for that next step because i always look at it as you know you gotta have a 2.0 3.0 4.0 of your product and your service you know you can't just think that hey my product is going to stagnant it just stays right here and it doesn't move it's going to move it's going to evolve you Mm -hmm. know you don't see it now i know i provided you a cup today but that cup at one point used to cost us three times the cost and was completely stripped down to just black and white and it was a pudgy cup and you can see it on our instagram at eat detroit dough just got to do a little you know <laughs> shout out there but the point is you'll see it there that we used to have a cup that just had the logo and our scoop our no old scoop. our old scoop yeah but it had really the logo and it was our social media handle on the back and that's all the cup was mm-hmm. and i kid you not it cost three times as much as that fully branded cup that you have um right now in your hand so again you got to understand you know there truly is progress in any successful business. You know, when Facebook first started, which I'm not going to delve deep into it, but Facebook first started as something completely different than what it is today. And that just shows you that there's a 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, 5.0. Um, and you should always be trying to improve your product. And your yeah. Brand. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I, um, I mean, y'all got a lot of success going now. I did see on Instagram, uh, you guys lost your first major account. Who was your first major account that y'all like lost due to like scaling or what was that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we did our first, our first major account was Imagine Theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so funny story, and I'll let Daniel kind of talk about it a bit more, but we got that deal off of like 
a Twitter DM. Like we just Twitter DMs the CEO at the point and was like, hey, mm-hmm. we have a product. A meeting led into another meeting, which led into a pilot, which was one of their best pilots that they've ever had to date. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> at did the y'all time, expect it for them to DM y'all back or, or reach back out to y'all? I mean, I don't know a lot. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I mean, I expected that fast. I mean, yeah. it was like 25 minutes and it was like at nine o'clock. At night, I'm saying you got to think about how many companies or businesses are coming at them or DMing them like. They don't do it, though. I yeah, promise I saying, you, other yeah. businesses are not taking that approach. They oftentimes qualify themselves out of that. So the what? fact that we did it, you know, yeah. I, I'm sure this was probably you don't one think of his nobody own. else is reaching out. So to successful be- people do it, and I'm yeah. and I'm not trying to be oh, arrogant. Like okay, people yeah. who I look up to, I'm gonna name drop a couple people: Ronnie Feig, um, Cause, um, the young man who started Hype Beast. I mean, these are individuals who, if you hear their story, this is a common thread in all their stories. Is mm-hmm. they use every avenue of communication to push their brand and push partnerships. Right, yeah. But the average person don't. I mean, think about the world we live in right now, where you can really right now reach out to a celebrity and and give them a sob story and yeah. they might respond. You know, you see yeah. it all the time, right? Like if this gets a hundred thousand tweets, I'm gonna take Lil Kelsey to prom. <laughs> that happens, but it happens on what social media. Yeah. So far too often, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, we look at social media as a platform to just promote our product, but we don't look at it as an opportunity to forge real relationships or, right, or yeah. forge real partnerships. So when I reached out to the uh, CEO, it was more just on some congratulating him on his newest appointment mm-hmm. and telling him I got an intriguing product. I think you need to check out and Mm -hmm. he bit and at the end of the day I mean I think for us it really was just another sign that we again had the vested proof in that it was time to pivot Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it wasn't just we were trying to pivot and and just you know let's just try to do whatever we can do it was like no no no. if we're going to pivot our business from being what we said we wanted to be initially and what has been reported by multiple media outlets because see what they don't tell you is you know Anybody can write a press release and get it picked up. Mm-hmm. But the question is, are you going to follow through? So that yeah. when that press release gets reviewed again or when that article that's been written, written about you gets looked at six months down the line, it don't make you out to look like a big idiot or a liar. Right. Yeah. So for us, it was like, okay, we have all this great media and we have all this press, but we need to now figure out how the heck are we going to be true to our word to right, a certain yeah. extent, right? Be accessible to people. You know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. saying that you're going to have a shop and you're going to open five di- days a week, that's accessible. But then you flip it on his head and say, okay, being in a movie theater chain with 20 locations, mm-hmm. that's also very accessible. You yeah, know what I mean? So, again, yeah. it's just it's rethinking it, but it's really being really strategic. And I think, you know, I commend our leadership, being Autumn, being our CEO, you know, for really understanding that. You know, at the end of the day, we have to continue to be agile as a business. You know, mm-hmm. we're right now looking at um, something that, you know, we got to keep under wraps. But it's just the point that, you know, she really understands through her leadership that, we have to stay agile as a business. We have to constantly look at what is that next phase that we need to attack and approach and when is the right time. Yeah. So. But yeah, going back to, um, you know, imagine, again, most successful pilot that they've ever had. Um, hands down, they've said it. Their locations have said it. Yeah. Other people have said it. Best, you know, ever. But uh, when they asked us to scale, they said, hey, we need to know by X date if you can deliver to X amount of locations, 20 locations at the moment. Mm-hmm. Four states. Four states. Mm. And we were like, okay, yeah, you know, of course, they kind of framed it as this friendly partnership, which was great. So we were like, okay, even if we don't meet that deadline, it'll be okay. They'll work with us, whatever. A day, day came to pass. We couldn't find what we needed to find. And they said, hey, we're moving on. Damn. And, it, and again, it's like, you know, as a small business, you would assume that people would give you a bit more grace. Yeah. But I think, you know, even when it comes down to business, business is business, business. and money is money, right? Mm-hmm. And if they can find something elsewhere that could do what they need, you know, they could ship to four states, They it's in the right price range. Yeah. Better believe they're going to source that other, that other, you know, product. So yeah. for us, you know, it was hard, but I think it just equipped us better to do it better the second time around with MJR. Yeah. And again, like, you know, it's no shade to them, but the products that they have right now that's, uh, you know, compared to ours are not doing as well. Mm-hmm. They've gotten another cookie dough that isn't doing that well. So, you know, again, you know, we all know it, it comes full circle. If it does, great. If it doesn't, right, right. it doesn't. But um, we, at least, I think it was a hard lesson and a tough lesson that we had to learn that has now put us in the best position to be 
the company that we needed to be going for. Mm-hmm. And to put that in perspective, that contract was valued annually anywhere between four hundred to five hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. A year. Okay. What? So to put that in perspective for you, that was our first. That's a half a million of, we lost. Exactly. That was that was year. coming out the gate. You know what I mean? So I mean, when you talk about well, wait, wait a minute. You know, y'all not just gonna try to breeze past the money part. Go back <laughs> one more time. How much? How much was it? Yeah, that 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 that, that contract would have been valued around four hundred to five hundred fifty thousand dollars easily, and that was just as we were doing the numbers, you know, that was just as business was. That was without any right. marketing, branding, yeah. any for real, you know. Yeah. So, again, that's why it's important as a business to understand that, you know, you can't work. You, you got to worry about it. You got to nurture that current deal. But you always got to be thinking about your next deal, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, it's like an artist. You know what I mean? You think about your album that just dropped yesterday, but you got to be back in that studio working. You yeah. know, get that second, third, fourth yeah. album out. Uh, same thing for us. You know, we look at this as a challenge to say, okay, don't get fat and happy as they say off one account you really have to do the work to go get five accounts that are simultaneously working Mm -hmm. simultaneously bringing in money so um that's kind of a lesson also that we learned that has really rung true for us all damn for i'm gonna just let that sink in for a minute damn but i mean like you said you had i think that was one of the things you had to go through to get to where you're at today because i mean a lot of people think entrepreneurship, like you were saying, like they, they just see all the good and then they think, oh, yeah, I should just quit my my full time job with my benefits and just, you know, pursue this entrepreneurship. And it's like you don't see all the stuff that I had to go through to get to where I'm at today. They don't see they think it's like an overnight success. Like, oh, my God, Detroit Doe came out of nowhere and now they're doing X, Y, Z. But they not realizing like, OK, they lost a huge account, like to lose four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Like, like that's huge. Like that's not something that everybody can do and that could have that could have like tore y'all up and not made y'all want to keep grinding and do it even further y'all could have been like you know what we i mean that was our only chance but it wasn't your only chance exactly. yeah so exactly. but you know to the average person they'd be like damn but it's like shit that's that's one time that like it that, who's to say it's not gonna come back around exactly. but, you know what i'm saying like exactly. you said like they putting a product and they 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 um on their shelves now and it's like is it the best? No, but they could be desperate too. Large companies get desperate. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of these companies get desperate and be like, fuck it. At the end of the day, they might be like, all right, we just going to try them out, see if it sells or not. But they, they, they get dropped too. The, whoever that little guy was they put on the show, they get dropped too. And then they might reach back out to y'all and be like, oh, what's up? Like, shit, y'all ready now? So I just think that was crazy like for y'all to, to go through that and still push through and keep doing this shit because that's a lot of money out of I don't know what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean yeah. to be. He said I would have quit. Uh, you said I would have been folded. I'm, I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? But it, it is not. It's not for everybody. Entrepreneurship is not for everybody. I, what I was wondering is why don't y'all have like a brick and mortar? Like y'all just do like traveling, or what do y'all do? I know I've seen like y'all put y'all uh, product in different like businesses and stuff where y'all do pop ups. But why not the brick and mortar side of everything? Yeah. Um. So when we first started our business. We thought that brick and mortar would be the best option mm-hmm. to, you know, present this product yeah. because we were thinking more like Doe in New York City. Yeah. Um, but one thing we found is that specifically in the Midwest, we have people who are very slow to adapt. People who, you know, we, of course, the, the cup says cookie dough, but yeah. people still ask, is it ice cream? People still ask, is it still safe to eat, right? Mm-hmm. So we knew that there were like, these upper these learning curves that people just haven't met yet yeah and so do we invest you know three hundred four hundred thousand dollars in a brick and mortar shop mm-hmm. and expect for people to come knowing yeah. that there's this big learning curve that people you know might not even want to drive to northwest goldberg you know there's yeah. just so many um factors that mm-hmm. keeps people away from coming to a brick and mortar shop yeah. or we could bring it to people in a creative way right yeah. and for us it was like okay we want to bring this product. We want to do it in a different way. Mm-hmm. We don't want to necessarily do grocery stores because everybody does grocery stores. Yeah. And we know that a brick and mortar shop isn't necessarily going to be as successful as yeah. we think. So that's when we thought about entertainment venues, you know, movie theaters, amusement parks and stadiums where people are paying a premium for 
snacks for dipping mm-hmm. dots right like you're gonna pay that money for dipping dots so why don't we create a product that's very similar to that that becomes synonymous with the dipping dots when you go to the zoo or when you go to the movie theater yeah. that people will pay that premium for so um it was more of you know us just tapping into our target market figuring out how and when they buy this type of stuff mm-hmm. and then you know creating that opportunity for us to consistently sell it you know yeah. because again a brick and mortar shop isn't Guaranteed sales. Yeah. Incredibility. I mean, at the end of the day, the University yeah. of Michigan, where we're at, I mean, they're the big house. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. credibility. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, you let your product in there and you, it's a meal ticket for a lot of people. Yep. Um, same thing with Imagine at the time, or even now with MJR. I mean, MJR has a brand. They have a legacy in this region. So mm-hmm. us being a, a startup, why not latch on to something that's credible so that your consumer feels comfortable with purchasing your product? At the end of the day, as Autumn stated, we have a very, very, or we used to have a very hard time getting our customer to understand what the product we were selling. Yeah. So to put it in areas that they already have established credibility really assists us. Yeah. What, um, I mean, just, I know we spoke a little bit about like some of the, the challenges y'all face a little bit. What are the challenges that y'all are facing? Just cause like, like I said, you're not, you don't have the brick and mortar. Um, also, um, it's who's your biggest competitor when it comes to Detroit though? Yeah. Our biggest competitor right now is Dolish, which is, um, they actually launched their product about three months ago. And so they, three months ago and they already a competitor, like they, yeah. huge, they so, well so known. So the backstory about them is they actually are, um, a subsidiary of a company that's been in the movie theater since day one. Okay. So um, the person that owns them actually has been in the movie theater literally for over 40 years. Okay. Um, so he has an established name, established, you know, product line outside of this new launch, uh, new launch product. But the, 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 the thing that's different about his is his is shelf stable for about eight months. Okay. It doesn't need to be refrigerated and it comes in a smaller package than our suggested yeah. package size. So it kind of creates this, competitive advantage he has right now currently because let's be honest movie theaters are in the business of popcorn and and pop they're not in the business of everything else everything else is just because they're trying to keep up with the times and they understand that there's value in having it Mm -hmm. but it really does not from their standpoint not from our standpoint from our standpoint we bring a lot of value from their standpoint it's not a necessity they they're in the business of selling popcorn and, and pop so because of that they want things that are low maintenance and doesn't really require a lot of handholding or understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, let's be honest, movie theaters are the number one places that high schoolers get their jobs, right? Yeah, They're yeah. the number one places that people who are just, you know, for lack of better terms, really have maybe little drive or just don't have any real interest in, you know, a hard job. So because right. of that, they have to keep their bottom line in mind and they're not really trying to uh, purchase a product that has an eight week shelf life, for instance, or needs yeah. to be refrigerated and needs extra refrigerator container. So we understand that that's a legitimate competitor of ours that we're constantly are, that now keeps us up at night and we got to figure out, you know, how do we continue to penetrate the market in a way that's fast, but efficient. And we're able to get kind of what we want out of it, which is to really be, become that premier product mm-hmm. in this space of edible cookie dough. Yeah. Cause I'm, but at the same time, I mean, you can't, try to it goes back to like like scaling like you can't if you don't have the resource and everything to to be able to produce something that that's sustainable for eight months and all that like if you don't have it obviously you want to continuously try to creep up to get there but i mean in two three months whatever your time limit is going to take some time before you can say okay cool ours is you know good on the shelf for eight months you don't have to be refrigerated like you don't want to do that either because then that could also make you go further back than what you already were because you're trying to move too fast yeah so yeah. i mean but and that's hard that because it's like you know what your co- competitors are you want to try to keep up with them but it's like like you said the guys have been around for 40 plus years in the movie theater they're just not putting the cookie dough out now so i mean that's scary that's yeah. hard yeah and i think too it's like our, our product provides a different value proposition than, than mm-hmm. his right it's some hit for for this guy's product mm-hmm. is something that's been catching on but mm-hmm. low maintenance right mm-hmm. ours is all natural it's something different it's providing this unique feel and this um gourmet feel that mm-hmm. maybe movie theaters don't have anymore that they're trying to capture yeah and so again it's now now we're battling not only with bringing in a new product but changing theaters minds of yeah. how they should be providing yeah. concessions yeah. which is completely different than what they've been doing for eons and decades and decades yeah. right um 
So again, it's like we have this unique issue on our hands and I don't think that necessarily we're not going to succeed mm -hmm. by it, but it's going to take a lot more exactly. effort than yeah. what we initially thought, right? Yeah. We just thought we had it in the bag and yeah. we don't. Because let's be honest, like we've all heard those rumors like, oh, they do the popcorn the night before, put it in plastic bags and bring yeah, it back yeah, out. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, like we've all heard that. So again, Detroit Doe, what it stands for and what it's trying to do is it's trying to elevate to Autumn's point, it's trying to elevate your experience and trying to elevate the quality of a product. So I think that for us, we're we're very excited um, to kind of take on this challenge because we understand that, A, if we succeed in this, we badass, let's just call it what it is. <laughs> but second, you know, if we succeed in this, you know, it really is something that we can hang our hats on and know that it worked. You know, it's not just one of those things where we just tried to fit in just because, you know, it was this opportunity to fit in. It's like, no, 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 we changed the way people think about what they're going to consume because let's be honest we're living in a time right now where that's very important you know to really consider what it is you're consuming well, what i was going to ask is that you know a lot of people are on this this health conscious kick which is fine um my my next question would have been what is it like are you going to go towards like a more vegetarian or vegan friendly or gluten-free type product or is it already there or where is it because you know a lot of people are like going into being vegetarian or vegan like this is a huge thing like this health kick I just found out the other day that everybody was drinking fucking celery juice. Like cel yeah. <laughs> celery juice has become a thing. Like where did it come from? I don't know. But it's just like now within the last couple months, people are like, yeah, in the morning I make celery juice and it's supposed to make me healthier. I'm like, why don't you just eat a fucking celery stick? Like, yeah. But well, it's a different benefit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's interesting. So there's this um, dietary restriction kick that's going on. Mm -hmm. And then there's also this all natural. I, I want to know what's in my products. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, we found recently that a lot of movie theaters or entertainment venues, they don't necessarily care about the dietary restrictions. Mm -mm. They care more so about what's in my product, right? Mm -hmm. Because again, when you're going to a movie theater, you're going to an amusement park, you're going and you're having a treat. Nine times out of 10, you're going to break your diet yeah. because you're just going there. I'm going to do whatever I want to. This is a treat. We're having fun, yeah. you know. So, again, nobody necessarily cares about the calories that are in their products, yeah. just necessarily what's inside of it. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. We uh, do uni University of Michigan uh, big house games, the football uh, games. And we found that, again, even though that might be the current trend with movie theaters and amusement parks. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but at. Uh, college stadiums they do care about dietary restrictions mm -hmm. right so I mean it does kind of bring up this question of should we go into that to that route mm -hmm. um, but right now as we kind of mentioned before um, we're really targeting uh, entertainment venues movie right. theaters and amusement yeah. parks and this works right now so yeah. we haven't found a real need to make a pivot just quite no yet. that makes sense that makes sense I know when we go back to I'm just gonna go back to what Daniel was just saying but um, just kind of adding value to your product just on this 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 cup this container here it said dough that makes a difference through your purchases detroit dough gives a portion of its profit to support transformation of nw goldberg so what is northwest goldberg what is that northwest goldberg my home that's your home yeah that's my home it's crazy because and that's that's good because it's like when you're talking about doing something and you know keeping the money within the community and giving back to the community that's 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 crazy so what made you like want to donate a portion back to like your community like what you didn't have you don't have to yeah yeah so first off i mean and this is this is kind of giving you a little bit more research so right now millennial consumer behavior who's who we initially targeted says that people want to know that your product is doing more than just satisfying their immediate need right it's actually doing good at in some way, whether that's, you know, giving it to children in Africa, one for one, what, the whole nine yards. And we know many examples of that, um, whether that be Tom's, Patagonia. Um, there's like a lot of companies out there that's doing it. But for us, it just we really wanted Detroit Doe to be a shining example of what African-American millennials from Detroit within Detroit can mm -hmm. do to improve Detroit as, as a whole. Because, again, and I know that, you know, this is going off the deep end, but a lot of people right now are really intrigued and interested from a national level about this narrative of two Detroits. Yeah. You know, what's going on with the old Detroit versus the new Detroit, the mm -hmm. new money that's coming in bases or versus the stagnant um, neighborhoods that don't really have a lot to look forward to, who don't have a lot of resources and money. You know, me being African-American who purchased my first home at 18 years old, uh, me being somebody who really looked at 
my neighborhood being seven minutes from downtown Detroit's core mm-hmm. and seeing the lack of investment and the lack of resources said, you know, if I'm to create a company or if I was to do my own thing, I have to find a way to literally catalyze and move this neighborhood forward in a way that's unique, but more importantly, in a way that really allows me to be able to make my mark in a unique way. And that's kind of what though that makes a difference. And, you know, I was really grateful that, you know, Autumn was so gracious to allow us to pursue this, you know, as me and my sister being residents of Northwest Goldberg to say, hey, I believe in what you guys are doing. And more importantly, I believe that our product can provide people hope and kind of be a shining example. And and thus far, it's done just that. I mean, we really pride ourselves on the fact that, you know, we go to DPS schools and we'll give out free samples and talk to kids about entrepreneurship and talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. the product that we're doing. And that's just a part of it, right? Like the dough makes a difference is the financial arm of it. But then you talk about three African-American millennials who are constantly trying to figure out ways to give back to our youth and say, we want to be a part of your guys' story, whether that's just motivation or that that's, you know, providing an opportunity to kind of learn more about business. And that's just something that we're really passionate about. Yeah. I think that, like I said, I think that's deep because it's like you hear a lot of, it's crazy you hear let's say like the whole Nipsey thing, like everybody was just like, you know, what he was trying to do and, and his vision to, to, to help the community and everything. You hear Jay-Z always talking about doing stuff within the community. Like these are people who have made it that don't necessarily have to give back to the community or don't necessarily have to show their face. They don't have to. I mean, you don't really owe anybody anything, seriously. But when you think about just, you know, some people right up out of Detroit just actually giving back to the community, like, what the fuck? Like, y'all don't even have it all the way figured out, but you still want to give a portion of the business back to the community, help the community. That's fucking crazy. So that's why I'll argue with you, though, and say, you do. You do. You do. You and don't I'm gonna have tell you, to. But I'm, but I'm telling you, you, you do. And I'm going to explain to you why. Because okay. I used to work for Indomitian Sue. I'm sure you're familiar with Indomitian yeah, yeah. Sue, who he was. And, you know, my big argument to a lot of people who make it and who are successful is to not understand the number behind why you're where you are mm-hmm. is to completely remove yourself from the reality of life. And what I mean by that is an NFL player, a rapper, a singer, a actor, you do not accumulate that amount of wealth due to that talent without that person who doesn't have what you have supporting you despite not having what you have. I agree. And I think that we need to understand as human beings that I'm no better than you because I have this talent that you want to pay me for. But what I can do is I can assist or attempt to assist where you're at in life by doing just what you're saying is giving back. And I think yeah. it is. We have to have a mindset that we owe it because at the end of the day, we wouldn't be here. Be honest with you. As great as it sounds to say that we've sold 40, over 45,000 cups of dough, we would not have sold 45,000 cups of dough unless 45,000 cups of dough wanting people bought it. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. whether that's people from Northwest Goldberg or whether yeah. that's people from this region, we have to understand that. And we are owed those people mm-hmm. to do more than just say, yeah, buy this product because I had this great idea. Right. The hell? Yeah. A lot of people got great ideas. Yeah. And guess what? The people don't find them and don't want to support them. So when people do find you and want to support you, you owe it back to them to say, let me show you that I appreciate okay. you investing in me. And I think if we start to spread that message more, we'll find that there's more good being done in this world instead of all the negative messaging that we get all the yeah. time. So that's just why I want to stop okay. you there, not to okay. be rude, but just no, to say we do owe it. You know what I mean? When Jay-Z get up there and spit and talk about the hood, you know, buying up the hood, he owes that because guess what? He one of the lucky brothers who didn't get killed by that yeah. very hood that he was slamming yeah. on. So at the end of the day, we can't look at that and just say, well, it's just so great that he did that. Yeah. At a certain point, the nigga owe it to us, yeah. right? I, so okay. just just keep that in mind. No, I, no, that's, hey, look, yeah, hey, that's facts. That is, that's some true shit. But like I said, I mean, the, the fact that y'all doing that is, and like I said, to not have beaten you know, been 10 years and doing what y'all doing and making that much more money and like y'all doing it at a, at a, I guess, much, uh, immature stage of y'all company yeah. like that's huge because once y'all start to mature more and grow it's like well they've been giving back to the community since when they barely even knew how to figure things out like shit they you know what i'm saying so that's that's huge i think that's a good thing Thank you. no I th- it's huge and like i said just having it on your on, on the cup here it's like um but it, it's not it's actually congruent with what you're doing like you have a story about you know where you grew up at it's not like oh yeah we're just gonna uh, just give back to this community just because, like, no, this is, like you said, that's where I grew up. This is who shaped me and molded me into who I am, so why wouldn't I give back to the community? So, I mean, I guess I could be play devil's advocate, but I agree with everything you said. <laughs> but, um, um, so, what, uh, I've seen you guys won a couple awards, like, you won, uh, what is the, uh, the one from Mary Shetfield? Uh, Spirit of Detroit. What the hell is the Spirit of Detroit Award? 
was that your first award or yeah um so the spirit of detroit award is essentially an acknowledgement from the city council to really say that hey we appreciate the work that you're doing in the neighborhood mm-hmm. or more importantly just in the city of detroit as a general mm-hmm. um, whether that be financial contribution or, or or just really uplifting the neighborhood by way of example and that's really what that award was about was really recognizing the fact that to my point earlier that three african-american millennials out of the city of detroit really mm-hmm. came together um to create a business that can really transcend so many, you know, stereotypes that you want to say or label about, yeah. you know, black business. And I think that for us, it was an honor. Um, and when you say that was that the first award, yeah, that was the first award in that nature that we received. But the other awards that you might be referring to also might be pitch competitions that I think is very important for entrepreneurs, fledging entrepreneurs especially, to kind of get a better understanding of, yeah. which is, you know, there's free money out here for every business idea that you ever have thought of. Yeah. It's just you got to do do the due diligence to actually pursue those. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think Autumn is the queen of, is really executing a pitch and really executing, um, explaining the vision and the reason for why we're here today, you know, yeah. which is Detroit Doe. And I think that a lot of people need to understand that whether you're a minority, there's money out there for you. Whether you're a woman, there's money out there for you. Whether you're trans, there's money out there for you. Whether you, you know, you got a bad day today, there's money out there for you. It's just really to say that the entrepreneurship ecosystem really does um, support entrepreneurship in a way that you just won't find in other cities. Yeah, it's crazy too because you know, being going to college, it's like they'll, they'll, oh yeah, there's a there's scholarships or there's scholarship for being black. There's scholarship for having one eyebrow. There's so many scholarships. Like, and I was like, no way. I didn't. I didn't do a lot of research to try to find these scholarships, which I like anybody. Like I, I would tell anybody to actually go for it because it does. It's it's free money out there, and it when it comes to like them giving away money and grants and stuff, there really was like, and I didn't learn to really take advantage of it until like I was almost done with college when my financial aid was running out. Because I mean that was that was never free money. I mean looking back at it, the aid that I got, I mean I got some um, free aid, that, like a Pell grant that I didn't have to pay back, but that was it. But it's really free money out there, like for yeah. everything. I mean, even Spotify just came out. I mean, I don't know if you were aware of this, and uh, I hate if it already passed, but, I mean, Spotify came out with a grant for um, people who have podcasts who wanted no. to have an opportunity, yeah. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to check my email. I probably, it probably went to my spam. They probably was hating on They probably sent that shit right to spam instead of <laughs> sending it right to my main email because I did not see that, and I check my email all the time, so it probably was. I mean, I've seen, it, I've seen Google do it. Um, I signed up for, like, one of the Google things, but it was like they were so, like, they they wanted something like real 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 in depth about what you what your message for your podcast gonna be and how you plan on doing it was it was too in depth I'm like look I just started they really want somebody who's already established so that was a little different but um you also won the uh what was the Sam Adams award what was that for yeah yeah so Sam Adams uh does a pitch competition um in specific cities uh, and so they did one in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I believe that this was their second year doing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are a part of Food Lab, which is a really great network for any food entrepreneurs. Um, so shameless plug for them. Um, and because we were members of Food Lab, and because we've been like, you know, somewhat active with them, they tapped us on our shoulders and said, "Hey, you know, we think you would be a great, you know, pitcher for this uh, pitch competition." Yeah literally got it three days before the pitch competition was applied got in the day before like it was crazy and then we had to prepare a pitch competition in like 20 hours maybe less than that what? um and so yeah so we we got up on stage i i was the one who who did the pitch um so i did the pitch and we won ten thousand, uh mm. which was crazy and on top of that we got a free trip to boston um where we met with a bunch of people uh, from Sam Adams, specifically the guy who made Sam Adams, which is Jim Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had like an hour meeting with him, just rapping, you know, talking about what we're doing. He looked at our finances, was like, "Oh, guys, you got this," you know. So it was it was just an, an incredible opportunity, um, really just a testament to you know being a part of a great network and taking advantage of those networks. Um, yeah. And yeah. Damn, did y'all drink Sam Adams while y'all was there? They had, you know, beer on tap, but yeah. we weren't able to get it because it was too early. It was like ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so it was just like, yeah, they didn't have it on tap for us. But what? yeah, I wish, I wish we could have, but it was just such a quick turnaround. Yeah, I was about to say yeah, because just that would have been a cool trip to be able to enjoy like different beer and shit. But if it was a quick turnaround, then that kind of yeah, I wish. Yeah. We was there for business, not pleasure. There you go. <laughs> See, first of all, this is this is business and pleasure. I tried to get. 
uh, Detroit Doe to have a drink with me while we recorded, but they didn't want to, which I can kind of understand, but I can't. But I'm gonna let them get a pass because we yeah gonna, we got business before and after this. So. Okay, so we gonna we gonna eat some cookie. We, we gonna eat some cookie though, cause uh, well no y'all ain't nobody tell y'all had to get drunk. I just like <laughs> to casually sip. You know what I'm saying when I'm here. I don't. We not sitting here knocking back shots, but listen, listen, we here in support, man. Here that's cool. We I mean, support. look, that we we the Detroit dough is enough for me because that save you some money. You know, look, save you some money. <laughs> look, um, what I want to know is like just moving forward. Do you y'all got any like upcoming events or anything that y'all are really excited about that y'all can discuss on here that that's coming up or any uh future endeavors that that I can know about first before anybody else knows about for yeah. Instagram because y'all put everything on Instagram that's how I follow <laughs> the shit I can follow y'all whole story and be like yep I know what the hell they going through because right. it's real transparent and I like that that y'all transparent about like y'all successes and like even y'all downfall so if y'all got some shit y'all want to share here first on knowledge and influence and go ahead i'm just saying yeah <laughs> gotcha um so you know i'm not sure when this is actually dropping but we do have a mother's day pop-up with good neighbor which is right by shinola hotel that's on saturday from 11 to 2 um shameless plug for northwest goldberg cares which is where we donate dough that makes a difference they're having their um park cleanup on Saturday at the same time. What time is it, Daniel? Those going to be from 10 to 2 p.m. Yeah, so um, really need you all to come out there. Um, what's next? I mean, so the biggest thing is is we're, we're uh, partnering with Vistar, which is a distributor that does about 87% of all movie theaters across the U.S. Mm-hmm. So um, we're hoping that that will spur into some new contracts that are coming up. Um, there are about four or five independently owned movie theater uh chains that are in Michigan Mm -hmm. so um we don't have anything just quite yet but I mean you guys know we're you know continuously you know pushing and working towards that we'll Um, also be popping up at art block um, which is going to be for its new art space uh, with 1x run um, in northwest Goldberg shout out to northwest Goldberg again it'll be from 4 to 9 p.m on the 17th of this month Mm -hmm. so come on out enjoy it it'll be a good vibe it'll be you know great art as well as some food and refreshments in the whole nine yards. So yeah, yeah, free dough. Free so, dough. So for anybody like going into like being an entrepreneur, um, or in, that wants to do anything, whether it be you know cookie dough, cookie chocolate chip cookies, um, rapper singer, that like, what advice would you give to somebody that's a, like upcoming entrepreneur? Like, what would be the best piece of advice you can give them? I mean, I'll eventually, I want to hear both of your guys, but yeah, um, I think. One thing would be you have to work every single day at it. Every single day you have to do something. You have to, you know, make strides to your deliverables, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we were even having this conversation yesterday. Like, there's there's a difference between working on tasks and working on deliverables, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the task is, you know, paying your bills every day, you know, packing these cups of doughs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the, the deliverable of getting a new account, right? Yeah. Um, and so being real intentional about working on something every day and not only just working on things, but working on that deliverable every day um, to get you to where you need to go. And again, you know, this is more than a nine to five. This is a all around the day, 24 seven, waking up in the middle of the night, sending an email, thinking about it in the middle of your sleep. You know, like it, it takes a lot of energy. And if you don't have the chops to do that, you know, you gotta reevaluate if entrepreneurship is really for you. Yeah. I would say accountability. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that it starts with self, but then it goes on to others. And I think that a lot of people, when it comes to accountability for what they want to do in life and what they're looking to accomplish, that's kind of where people fail themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, you type of person that know that, you know, your learning style is X, Y, and Z, be real with yourself and, and work toward those things. And I'm not saying that everything you're going to be perfect at or, and nobody can expect that, right? Like you're not perfect. We're not perfect beings. But at the same time, if you are not, or you're adverse to, accountability to yourself and then if you get an accountability partner you don't really want to hear them out or you don't really see value in what they're saying or doing you're going to fail just going to tell you that right now f-a-i-l will be (laughs) something that you are very used to because accountability is truly what's necessary to have the discipline to be an entrepreneur and whatever you're doing so yeah Yeah, i I definitely agree with both points i mean that the accountability factor to me (coughs) excuse me the accountability factor to me is more important just because of I know how I work best. So it's like if, if if I'm not holding myself accountable or holding the people around me accountable, or if I have people around me that hold me accountable, like for doing what I want to do, it's like it's not going to work for me because it's like I'm I'm just going to give up or I'm going to be like whatever. Like I I get times where I like 
be real discouraged. And if I get to that point, if somebody doesn't like kick me in the ass and be like, look, so what, this is going to happen. Keep going. Like, then I'm going to just be like, okay, whatever. But that, that accountability factor is huge to me. You know what I'm saying? But then going back to your point, Autumn, it's like, you're absolutely right. Like, um, you got to give 125%. Like it go, it takes one thing to work for somebody else and, and, and give them a hundred percent. But then when you go to work for yourself, it's going to take more than a hundred percent. Cause that's damn near 24 hours a day that, that you working around the clock to, to make your dreams and your, your, um, your dreams become a reality and make everything come to fruition. Like it's, it's going to take more than, uh, uh, nine to five, like you said, it's going to take your whole day getting up at three o'clock in the morning. I like, sometimes I'll put a notepad by the side of my bed just to come up with ideas. I wake up at two, three in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. And sometimes that's when my best ideas come to me. And I'll just sit up and be up to the early morning, like just writing down stuff. And that, that really happens. Like, this is not something I, I joke about. This is serious. Like I, I, I sleep with a couple notebooks, um, by my bed. I, I have a couple of notebooks because you never know when an idea is going to hit you. And like I said, sometimes the best ideas come to me at three, four o'clock in the morning and I'm up just, or I read some, go online and read some that I can use. Like it's, it's nonstop. So I definitely agree. Um, when, where can people find y'all on Instagram? Yeah. So Instagram is eatdetroitdo.com or eatdetroitdo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, eatdetroitdo.com is our website, but um, eat like how you're eating food, Detroit, <laughs> like the city, dough, D-O-U-G-H. Um, and again, that's all of our social media platforms. So we have Twitter and Facebook as well. Um, email us at hello at eatdetroitdo.com. Um, we do cater events, parties, weddings, bar mitzvahs, graduation parties, all of that. baby mama parties, whatever parties <laughs> you need, you got, come on, holla at us. Yeah. <laughs> Man, look, y'all heard it here on Knowledge and the Influence. I got Detroit doing the building, man. I just want to thank Autumn and Danny for coming out, man. It, it was like a, a really, what I like about y'all, and I mean, y'all didn't owe me an a interview. Y'all didn't have to, but what I do like is that, I mean, from scheduling times to putting down the date and actually following through with it, like, that's much more respect that I got from, for you as as business owner. Like you know what I'm saying, Just, y'all y'all young coming up. That don't mean that there's no faults or bumps in the road. But you, we set a d- original date, we followed through with it, and y'all actually made it happen. So I definitely appreciate y'all appreciate y'all for coming out and actually sticking true to your word. Because I mean, I got a podcast. Don't mean like I mean, with, with my podcast not like super popping. So it's like for y'all to actually you know get on my show and actually do this it really does mean a lot to me for real for real um so i just want to thank y'all for actually coming out and uh sticking staying true to y'all word yeah anytime don't say don't say anytime because uh i i have another segment once y'all really start making it real (laughs) big i look i could hit y'all back up like so remember that time y'all say anytime i know y'all doing a million in sales this year but i'm gonna need y'all to uh uh, come back i'm I'm telling you we'll be here um we the opportunities that we've gotten have been what we perceived as way out of our league. Okay. So not saying that we're out of your league, but right, we're, nah. we're, we're down to hope. Anytime. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, thanks all listeners for listening, man. Um, this is knowledge under the influence, man. Once again, thanks autumn and Daniel for coming out. Victoria couldn't make it or she's not here with us, but she thank Thank you, Victoria, for lending your partners to be able to um, come out here and share you guys a story. And uh, if you guys are listening, man, just keep listening because I got some more interviews coming up real soon with some other Detroit natives and some uh, other business owners in uh, Detroit, man. Thanks for listening.